you need high octane gasoline for the car. That is the compensation plan that fuels the behavior of your reps as well as the leads. You need a sport team to support you. So that means that you need to hire the right sales team. You need a dashboard and a windshield in order to drive the car. Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people, processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now, here is your host, Sam Gupta. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the WBS Podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at digital transformation consulting firm Elevate IQ. Building a high-performing sales organization requires more than just winners and the winning product. It requires the right compensation structure, refined customer groups, and a deep understanding of their needs. But is that enough for sustained growth? What do small to medium-sized businesses miss that struggle to grow? Whose responsibility is it to generate leads? Is the sales team accountable for everything or should marketing share some accountability of missing growth targets? In today's episode, we have our guest, Enrico Parardi, who describes the sales organization's key components. He also discusses different sales organization structures and how their roles vary, including direct, hybrid, and channel-driven. Finally, he had a chance to touch on sales and marketing alignment and why that is important for an organization's sustained growth. Let me introduce Enrico to you. Enrico Parodi has 30 plus years of global experience, including leading direct and indirect go-to-market channels with a specialization in a small and medium-sized companies. He earned multiple President Club Awards over his career, with the most recent being at Sales Acceleration. He is also credited to have the first rank among 150 advisors in 2020. He currently consults with small to medium-sized businesses in the capacity of fractional VP of sales. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hey, Enrico, welcome to the show. Hey, good afternoon, uh, Sam. Thank you for having me here. Of course, it's our pleasure. Just to kick things off, do you want to start with your personal story and your current focus? Yes, thank you so much. So you uh, can understand my accent is a little bit uh, not American, I'm Italian. I came to the United States uh, 20 years ago. I came here, uh, uh, I was working for corporate at the time. I was in the information technology. I was with IBM. Great experience. Uh, I was in that business for... uh, almost 30 years. And and then a couple of years ago, I decided uh, to get out of it. Uh, I wanted really to to go into something in which I could help uh, companies and CEOs. And so I decided to become a fractional VP of sales. I'm part now of a network of people across the country. It is called Sales Acceleration. And uh, we really help uh, CEOs of companies uh, to have a high-performing selling organization. That's what we do. Okay, amazing. So before we get into some of your background, and obviously we want to hear some of those exciting stories that you might have from your fractional 
sales experience, one of the standard questions that we have for all of our guests, and that is going to be your perspective on business growth. What does business growth mean to you, Enrico? But I mean, the business growth is the life of a, of a company. I mean, you cannot stay in business without growing. So my contribution to all the discussion of the growth is around how can you connect the growth to your sales team. You cannot grow if you don't have a sales organization. And I would even say it more specifically, you cannot grow and sustain growth if you don't have a high-performing selling organization. So that's so crucial for the success of the company. That's where I spend my time with my customers. Okay. So do you believe that the sustained growth that you are talking from the sales perspective, does that change at each stage? of the organization. So as organizations grow through their inflection points, do sales organizations are going to change and the change for a structure in the sales organization, is that going to change as well? Absolutely. Uh, if you allow me, I usually uh, use a, a comparison between an high-performing selling organization and uh, a sport car. So the sport car performs if it all the pieces are there, but that's not enough. They need to work all together. You need the driver and you need the destination. And the trick is really to make all these things work together. So, for example, if we look at the key components and we do we use this comparison between a sport car and a sales organization, you need the destination. Those are the sales targets. You cannot operate in a sales organization without having sales goals. You need high octane gasoline for the car. That is the compensation plan that fuels the behavior of your reps as well as the leads. You need a sport team to support you. So that means that you need to hire the right sales team. You need a dashboard and a windshield in order to drive the car. And this is going to be your CRM, customer relationship management, and your forecasting system. And then you need a driver, and this is your sales leader. So I just focus on few on these five components. Now, if a, when a company goes through an inflection point, some of these components in their early stages do not exist. And then the more they grow, the more they have to add those components. Otherwise, they cannot grow. At a certain point, it's not only the key is not only having the components. It is how they work together, how they can scale. What is the skill of the people that you that you are using in the different stages? So, if we go through the different stages of a company, let's assume that we start normally an inflection point is around at the beginning of ten million dollar more. I have to say, from a sales standpoint, there is one even below that. I identify around the $5 million. At that point, there is no destination. The compensation plan most of the time doesn't exist. There is not even a sales team because most of the time the business is driven by the family or it is driven by the owner and there is no sales leader. That's what I find at the five million. Then if we go to the to the next level, if you go to the 10 million, then obviously the company realizes that they need some people, it's some reps, some sellers, BDRs, call them as you want. So they start to hire people and they put some kind of compensation plan. 
but all the rest is not there yet. There is no sales target. There is no customer relationship management system. There is not a sales leader. So those uh, that compensation plan is there, but there is very often situational frustration where at the end, the CEOs is not satisfied with the sales team because they don't do what he or she wants. And the reason being that the compensation plan is not really aligned with the sales strategy, but there is no sales strategy. So that's the problem, okay? Then as you grow to the next level at 25, finally a sales strategy starts to appear, but still there is a problem because there is no normally there's no CRM, or if the CRM has been bought by the company, it's not used. It is just there to support the operation in a passive way. You move to the 50 million and you start to see the need of establishing a sales leader. But very often, I still see situations where there is no CRM in place. And finally, when you go to the 100 million, the business is at a point where there is no way to grow if you don't have very structured processes. Now, at that point, really, as I said before, the secret of the success is are all those components that I just mentioned working together? Are they designed to be complementary? And do you have the right people in place so that the machine can scale? Okay, amazing. So when we talk about sales strategy, obviously my assumption here is going to be, this is going to be primarily B2B play. So if we look at the the state of the B2B organizations, especially in the in our target audience, which is going to be the manufacturers, distributors, retailers, and some of the e-commerce B2B players, right? So when, if I look at their sales structure at this point of time, their primary channels are trade shows and distributors. So these are two primary channels that they acquire their customers from. They are going to have some web presence, but which is very rare, okay? So even if they have web presence, they might not get any traffic from web at all. Just because they are not spending as much money, they probably don't trust on this channel. And when I speak to my marketing audience here on this show, they have a comment that these organizations are extremely sales focused. They are a sales driven organization. So now looking at the structure, the way I described here, Enrico, do you feel this is the sales-driven organization? If yes, why do you feel? If no, why do you feel? To answer your question, the sales strategy is so crucial to the point that there is a very tight correlation between not growing the company and not having a sales strategy. So if when I talk about state strategy, you need to start from your customers and, and your potential customers and define an approach to the market. Once you identify then that approach, you then decide how do you sell, how do you reach out to those customers. Yeah. And that drives then the type of uh, uh, of people and the type of channel that you want to use. Are these sales people that, do, that work directly with customers or are you working with, this, with, with channel and, and, and distributors? And that is so crucial because the skill of people that you need from a sales standpoint is really dependent upon what type of customers you have. If you manage the, the relationship with a the, with the network of partners, you require a totally different skill than selling directly to customers. So today, I agree with you. 
you need that type of uh, direct channel that either manages customers or manages partners to be successful in this arena. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about this specific scenario, right? So there could be three scenarios. In one case, the manufacturer might be selling directly to the customers, which is rare because traditional manufacturers, they were not really selling direct. They were selling through distributors and distributors were selling through the retailers, right? That's the retail value chain. So now with changes in the marketplace, now there is a lot of overlap. Distributors are trying to manufacture their own goods and then manufacturers are trying to go to consumer and customers directly, right? So we see typically three different business models from the manufacturer's perspective. One is going to be very distributor or the partner driven, the way you mentioned. One is going to be completely focused on the the customers. And the third is going to be mixed. And I'm interested in knowing this mixed model, right? There's going to be a lot of channel conflict issue. So how would you approach a model where you are trying to sell through partners as well as direct? Yeah, that is a a great question, Sam. And uh, I have seen many, many companies failing because they were not clear and crisp on this point, right? So uh, channel conflict... uh, There is one answer. You want to avoid it. You want harmonization between the channels. And again, the starting point is your sales strategy. Which channel do you want to use to reach what type of customers and to sell what type of product or service? And you need to have a kind of a mapping process here. So through that process, then you define precisely which is the role of each one of the channel. Now, that is the starting point. Then in execution, inevitably, you will find situations where there is some overlapping. And so at that point, you need to be very crisp on how do you manage the conflicts and who comes first and who comes second. In my experience, I have to tell you that if you do not put your partners ahead of your your internal salespeople, you will not be very successful in implementing an hybrid channel go-to-market. That's crucial to show that you are supporting your partners, you are there as a a value-added component in their selling activity, they can trust you, they will stay with you. If you are not walking the talk there, you're building up a sales strategy on a, on the sand. Okay, so tell me some of the nuances associated with selling through partners versus selling direct. How the sales strategy is going to differ? What are some of the things that executives need to be aware of? Let's say if they have never sold through partners or they have never sold direct. What are some of those nuances? I think that in a nutshell, selling direct to customers is uh, today, I mean, you can be successful if number one, you listen to your customers and second, you help them to solve their problems. This is a skill that can be built in an individual and uh, requires really predisposition to listen and to be curious and to be able to go in solution mode. I call it as a selling skill. When you go and deal with a network of distributors, resellers, sometimes, uh, I mean, could be even integrators 
or influencers, then, and I'm talking about not influencers in the digital world, but people that influence customers, um, then it's all about business development. You need to have a salesperson that understands that his or her role is to develop the capability of your partner so the partner can be effective in the market. The person needs to understand that the business has to make sense for the partner first and second for your company. So it's a totally different DNA, a totally different type of go to market approach totally different people when i hire people for for do dif- these different roles i look for completely different job descriptions and completely different type of of uh, profile of the candidates okay do you have any stories that you might be able to share around the hybrid structure or maybe yeah. uh, direct to sales so just tell us some stories in terms of the structure what maybe your customers had before, what problems you saw, the kind of changes you made, just from the structural perspective yeah, where, yeah, let's say, the certainly. go-to-market strategy wasn't aligned. I, I have a story. This is perfect. Okay, So this is a technology company that uh, is really integrating. So they are, they are acting as a distributor for technology product. And okay. uh, at the same time, they have also a network of partners, okay? So th- so it's a kind of an hybrid model. Okay. So their value proposition is really, they are very expert in their industry. And uh, before me joining the company, the company was at really a sales organization with no specialty. So the salespeople had both coverage for of pre-sellers and end users. There were not enough salespeople. And uh, one of the salespeople, people was uh, the CEO in the company. And so COVID comes and the business uh, obviously is, is getting impacted. They have huge challenges in reaching out to customers. So what I did in, in this context, I looked at the organization and reshuffled the organization. We made sure to have the right people in the right seat. One of the things that uh, defines a sales organization are the people, and you need to have high-performing people. It doesn't matter what they did in the past. What matters is, are they able to be high performers in this new environment? And maybe they were successful before, but they are not successful anymore. So we sell, I selected the right people in the job. I'd find different roles. We segmented the customers in different sizes. And we separated an approach between supporting resellers and selling directly to customers. For example, one of the things that, uh, that we are doing today is we want to sell value. Okay, And to sell value, you need to be able to solve problems. So we are introducing an assessment methodology that we do directly with the customers. And the purpose is to identify their issues and, and to come up with some solutions. This is the approach for the direct customers. The approach for the partners is going to be different. We want to enable the partners to do the same with their own customers. So it's more about sales enablement than sales execution with the partners. I don't know if uh, this gives you an idea, but it's it's really interesting because uh, we double the organization even in a difficult situation like this, but now there is clarity. People know exactly what are the customers that they have to target. They know exactly what to do, what are their goals, and what are the expectations on them. 
Right. So I guess when things go well in a sales organization, I have not seen much of the problems, right? Because if you have tons and tons of leads, then things are easy. But if you don't have much of the business flowing at the top of the funnel, that's when the problem is going to be there. So what do you believe? I mean, do you believe that it is going to be responsibility of the salespeople to be able to deliver the results? Is it going to be responsibility of the partners to be able to deliver the results? Who is responsible, number one, for generating the demand? And number two, do you have any stories where the demand was really low and you did something because of which you created tons and tons of demand that everybody got busy and busy meaning closing deals, right? That's what everybody wants. Yeah, I mean, this is a question. I get it a lot, Sam. There is, in my view, a clear distinction between the sales role and the marketing role. And uh, those are two different professions. You need people with different profile. Obviously, the two organizations have uh, to work together and uh, to support each other, but they should be accountable for their part of the job. So in terms of ensuring that the sales goals are achieved, this is a responsibility of the sales organization. There is no doubt. And uh, so you need to have an accountability system that holds uh, the salespeople accountable for the different part of the business they are responsible for. Okay. Now, uh, as uh, you noticed, I didn't say that uh, the salespeople are accountable, in my view, to generate leads or to do demand generation. That is a responsibility of the marketing team. And that is to be very clear so that everybody works on their own piece of the puzzle. And many times I find situations where there is not even a marketing part of the organization and salespeople are accountable for generating demand, call calling and things like that. Unfortunately, it doesn't work. You want to spend the money of your salespeople uh, to do the biggest impact. That is really to talk to customers that are interested. Okay, so how do you get to customers that are interested? This is why you have marketing. So the story I can tell you is a story of a customer where the customer was launching a new product. It's, it was targeting new customers different from their traditional customers. And uh, what we decided to do for the first time in in the history of the company is to use an external company to do qualification of customers. So we could know, hey, in the company ABC, there is a person that is interested about what we are trying to, to sell to them and then to do appointment setting. They were never used to do that. Their model was all relationship-based. The reps were going to customers and finding opportunities. The problem was that this this new product they were bringing to market was different. They didn't have the normal and traditional people they were using to talk to as their counterpart. So the process proved to be very successful. We were able to get a lot of interest from non-traditional customers. And we are now selling this new product. And really the reps are involved just when the customer says, hey, I'm interested, I want to see it, come here. And obviously there is much more uh, productivity 
and success rate. Great. So let's look at this from the manufacturing executive perspective. So let's say if I'm the CFO or the CEO of the organization and I want to create some sort of sustained growth in my organization. Now, if I go to my marketing, you know, marketing is going to say that, you know what, I should not be accountable. Because I don't know, I can write my content, but I don't know whether that is going to generate the leads or not. If I go to my sales leader, sales leader is going to say that unless you have leads, I will not be able to close anything. So as an executive, obviously, I'm looking for tons and tons of investment. Number one, I'm looking for tons of investment in the marketing department where I don't have much of the hope whether those initiatives are going to be convert or not. And then I'm talking to my sales team and sales teams are saying, unless you give me the leads, I will not be able to deliver on my targets. So obviously there is a huge risk here with respect to sustained growth. So how in your recommendation, how do you think executives should approach? Number one, how should they approach the structuring of the organization and how can they ensure that their investment is not going to be wasted? Again, I, I, this is a very common case, Sam. It happens uh, not only in small businesses, also in big corporations, in my experience. Yeah. And uh, usually it, it becomes a finger-pointing uh, contest yeah. the, at the end of the story, <laughs> right? <laughs> it is never my fault. And in order to keep it simple here, first, uh, you need... Uh, to set up clear roles and clear responsibility. The marketing, in my view, has a responsibility to generate a pipeline of leads that I will call marketing qualified leads and sales as the responsibility then to take those leads and, and move them through the funnel. So they have to work together. They, you need to put in place some system that makes them work together and rewards them to do that. Once that system is in place, then the next step is to be extremely crisp on what is the definition of a sales qualified lead and the marketing qualified lead. Marketing is going to be accountable to generate a certain number of marketing qualified leads and sales will take those leads and then using whatever are the conversion rate be accountable for the for the revenue for the company. It is philosophically not complicated. It is difficult to execute in my experience because there is lack of clarity. But if you have clarity and teamwork, it is doable. My part of uh, what I do, I'm really focused on sales. I work very close with the CMOs and fractional CMOs, and they are part of my team. We work together. We define this together how to enable the salespeople. We define together what is the value proposition for the company because you need to have a value proposition in order to be to, to be selling to your customer. So it's a, only really on the numbers. There are other components of integration between the two organizations. And uh, at the end, you can be successful. But it doesn't come out if, if you don't have, number one, predisposition to work with, with another organization. And second, you have a, a, clear, a, a clear approach. Okay, so this is going to be an even bigger problem when you are working with a partner, right? So let's say if you are working with a distributor, 
Now, what distributor is going to say, if everything I'm going to do from the sales and marketing perspective, if you are not going to be providing me any leads, and in most cases, I think that's where the, the finger pointing is going to be. My distributor is going to say, you know what, if you are not providing me any leads, then what I'm really going to do is I'm simply going to carry your competitor's product and you know whatever my customers are going to buy, I'm going to sell them because now I'm a distributor, right? So this problem can be far fierce when you are working with the partners. So what will be your recommendation in, in structuring the KPIs in case of distributor-driven organization? When you work with partners, it's, uh, yes, it is more complicated, but you also <laughs> need to be very crisp about setting up the expectation with partners, sorry. It might not be that providing lead is part of the value proposition. And I have managed partner organization across the world and for different products. And the topic about generating lead was really, to me, a, a signal from the partner telling me, hey, I do not know how to go after the market opportunity. I do not know how to differentiate myself. Can you help me? to be more effective in the marketplace. And that's why it's called partnership, because there is not a, 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 an answer that is a short answer to that question. It has to be developed in the months and the years ahead because the market changes. So if you're there for the long run and you work on partner enablement, that becomes really the real route to success. All right, Enrico, that's it for today. Do you have any last-minute closing thoughts by any chance? But listen, I dealing with sales organization and uh, looking at uh, creating high-performing selling organization, going through inflection points or just growing the company, I can say that uh, there is really, there are a couple of things that are crucial if you want to be successful. First, you need to have a destination. You need to be very crisp about what is your goal, which are the customers you want to target or the market segments you want to target. Who are you using to do that? Second, you need a system to go after that, meaning you need a clear defined sales process. You need technology to support it like CRM, customer relation management system, I mean. And then you need an accountability system. The reason why reorganizations fail is because these pieces are, are missing. They have to be managed as car though, all together. You cannot have a car with three wheels. It doesn't go very well. You cannot have a, a car where the windshield is uh, obscured and you don't see the, the, the road ahead. You are going to go against the wall, right? So that's really the most difficult thing. Keep the, have the pieces, but make them work together. Okay, amazing. So my personal takeaway from this conversation is going to be, it's all about structure and the alignment. So on that note, Thank you so much, Enrico, for your time. I really enjoyed your insight and had fun with it. Thank you so much, Sam, and good luck to you. I can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show, for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests, and hopefully you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about Enrico, head over to salesacceleration.com. It is S-A-L-E-S-X-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-I-O-N dot C-O-M forward slash advisors, A-D-V-I-S-O-R-S, forward slash Enrico, E-N-R-I-C-O, hyphen, Parodi. It's P-A-R-O-D-I. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. 
If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, you might want to check other related episodes, including the interview with Jeff White, who discusses why it is so important to identify the ideal customer profile for your offerings to streamline your growth. Also, the interview with Jill Walker, who discusses why CRM is important and how that fits among other systems such as ERP and e-commerce. Also, don't forget to subscribe and spread the word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or DM me on any social channels. I'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help. Thank you, and I hope to catch you on the next episode of the WBS Podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the WBS Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information on growth strategies for SMBs using ERP and digital transformation, check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.